Have you or anyone you know ever been emotionally destroyed by a book? Have you ever got the feels for a fictional character? Have you ever been hung over by an all-night book binge? Then pull up a seat, pour yourself a glass, and hang on to your Kindle. This is Drinking Ink. Hey friends, Rebecca here. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to drop in with a note on our content. While books are for everyone, this podcast was created for adult audiences only. Listener and reader discretion is advised, as we sometimes dive into difficult and triggering content such as graphic depictions of violence, frank portrayal of sexuality, discussion of mental illness, and existential struggle, and on occasion some downright filthy language. It might be a lot to take in, so if you need a breather, take a break and come back later. We'll be here for you. And we're back. Yes, we are. <laughs> it was a long yeah. month away, wasn't it? It really no. was. No? Okay, I don't know. No, you don't think so, Becca? You were like, not long enough. No, I mean, not really. I've been busy. Well, okay. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. When you're busy, it does go by faster. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well... We're back in season two, episode two. I really hope that everyone enjoyed our episode last week with Sierra Simone. That was one of the highlights, I think, for us last season, because that was an episode that we pre-recorded last season um, with the hope of uh, releasing it last season, but due to some other things that didn't happen the way we wanted it to and so we decided to make it the season two opener, and we hope that uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was so much fun to record that. It was great getting to know her. Like it was beautiful. It was interesting too. It was an interesting yeah. conversation, which I it appreciated. Really, it really was. So now, now we get to talk about our favorite romance book X. As though, as though icks are a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes they are. I mean, you have your icks that you like. You have the icks that you're like, and I say icks that you like, but like icks that you're like, oh my God, I hate that word, but I also kind of like it. Yeah. And then there's like the ick icks where you're like, oh, no thanks at like, all. I don't need that. No, thank you. Not today, Satan. <laughs> oh, well, so, let's get to it. Who wants to go first? Okay, so we know Brittany does not like cute pet names. <laughs> she does not it. like being called sweetheart and honey or good oh. girl. And good girl is like the, it is the bat symbol of dark romance. So why does Brittany not like being the good girl? <laughs> you know what? I will say I, before I started reading uh, Priest, I did not like good girl. And I think a lot of that had to do with it just felt really, it felt really cheesy to me. Like it felt corny in a not good way. Like in a, you're watching some friends interact at like a party and someone's like, oh yeah, good girl. Like, and it's just, it felt, it felt unnatural, I guess. But the more I got into reading a little more darker romance, a little more darker stuff i can understand the appeal with respect to like specific character types like the daddy dong and the um, like more i don't know 
darker male characters or partners, I guess, in that sort of sense. My biggest issue is when I see it pop up in stuff that's not dark romance, I guess, now at this point. Um, I think we all know, in my opinion, the worst uh, perpetrator of this crime is Tessa Bailey. Oh, gosh. My goodness. I was so thinking of Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels wrong. Like, and I don't mean does. wrong in the way that it feels like wrong. I don't, I don't mean wrong in the way that it's like. It makes me feel like a child when I hear a good girl. Like, mm, no, I'm i'm already baby face enough like i don't need to be reminded of my age so if Rune dannon came in and was like good girl would it change britney's mind probably mm. because rune feels like the type of character <laughs> that would like you know go all christian gray on me oh man which i wouldn't hate you know but it's like Brendan's a fisherman who has shown absolutely zero. And for, for anyone that doesn't know who Brendan is, Brendan is the main character of It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. And he uses good girl very frequently when he speaks to Piper. And it really bothered me because he never once showed any sense of that dominating kind of personality he yeah. was just a really rigid, grumpy guy. He didn't give me Daddy Dom vibes, which is the only acceptable time that I will accept good girl. That's all. It, I don't know. When I hear good girl, it just, I kind of like, it almost feels like, what's that word? Um, I, I kind of feel like I'm being like a child put in my place. Um, but also like, especially with Brendan and it happened one summer, I just feel like when he's talking to Piper and he says that it just almost like like people look at her like she's an idiot already to begin with. So it just seems like he's just kind of rubbing that fact in. I, I can't think of the word. Infantilizing. Um, yeah, yeah. Inf like infantilizes her like she's like or um, it's like condescending. You know, he's saying, oh, like good girl. Like, you know, it's she's not a child. She's yes. So she's doesn't have the same life experience that everybody else does. She might be a little naive towards reality but it just i feel like he kind of poked fun at that at times or at least that's what it felt like when you're reading that book but in general it's just i feel like it just makes me feel like a little girl and i'm like i don't want to feel like that's just a weird that's that's just creepy it feels creepy i'm like we're not aging me down to like five like please let's not do that like that's a that's a whole problem in itself that i don't want to think about so feels unnatural yeah but do you like it becca is the question i do <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I, you course, know when it came Nick. to brandon it was a shock i was like where did this come from but you know he oh, only man. drinks one cup of coffee so we're never going to get along because how do you function how do you work a, a physical job at you know, middle age and only have one cup of coffee. You're just, mm -mm. something's not right there. You can call me a good girl, though. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I mean, I don't, I, I can't function on one cup of coffee. I have to have at least two energy drinks a day. And it's really bad. I know they're going to kill me, but. Eh. What if we switched it, though? Would it be as ick to you? If the woman would like turn around, like calling him a good boy. Mm. Good boy. I just, 
I feel like you're talking to my dog. I feel like that's just weird. mm, No, no, thank you. I don't know. It would really depend on the character for me. Like if the character was like if Alien called Rowan good boy, I'd be all for it. Um, I think if like well maybe not Bryce Bryce seems that their relationship's too healthy for that stuff I think but I don't know Nesta I get calling Cassian a yes good boy. yes absolutely absolutely but it really is it's character dependent for me it's really character dependent yeah. like I, it has to it has to fit mm, with the character personality ugh, it's just weird it just feels really weird and creepy to me just the whole like idea because I, I, yeah I think of saying my dog like good boy like good Rocky like it's so it's just like i don't want to think because that's a whole nother level of creepy there like or not creepy but just like that's a that's a whole thing in itself that it takes us to so i don't know but i guess i would have to see it in the story to like really know how i felt about something about it but maybe maybe casting maybe maybe all right so mia you seem to be really icky about age related stuff so here's a question for you do you feel ick about age gap romances it has to be the right like there has to be a really depends on like how old like what the age gap is for how old the youngest person is and how like you know because well, we're obviously talking legal here like okay, legal. we're not we're not we're not penelope douglas this is not credence we oh, <laughs> i was so thinking of penelope right then i was sitting there because like my goodness i know mia you probably haven't read birthday girl by penelope I douglas remember you talking about it though <laughs> yeah she's like 19 i think he's like 38 and the only reason they met is she was dating his son Okay, oh. that's weird. That's weird. That's a little um, much for me. Age gaps? I don't mind age gaps. I mean, I myself am uh, honestly find myself attracted to older guys. Um, so I don't mind age gaps. I like it has to be the right kind of setting for me to be like, yes, like oh my goodness, like yes. Um, but I don't mind. I like no. I sometimes do like age gaps. Uh, but again, I just. It, it depends on the environment. Um, I would not want it to be like, it'd be really weird if it's like your dad's best friend and you grew up, like they saw you, watched you grow up like that. That's a little much. That's a little like, let's let's step away from that. But no, age gaps, I, I would be all right with an age gap. Like, yeah. Okay. So what else are you icky about then? <sighs> My goodness. What else am I icky about? Um... I hate love triangles. Um, I guess it's more of like a more of an annoyance of mine because it's just too complicated to have to f- like who she could end up with. If she doesn't end up with the person that I like, then it's like, why did I even read this? But um, yeah, I I will not even touch bo- a book with a love triangle. Like I don't know. I remember when I was younger reading Twilight. And I don't know why I was so obsessed with that book story because even like that, there's a love triangle in it. So, okay, but were you Team Edward or Team Jacob? I mean, 
I guess if I had to pick one, I was Team Edward, but at the same time, I'm just like... He stares at her when she's sleeping. He doesn't sleep. He just watches her sleeping. This is creepy, but I don't think I thought about it that that way when I was younger because I was more like it, thinking about the whole like romance in itself. Um, plus, I was like thir 12 or 13 when I read those. That was... Oh, I've like forgotten most of that time, but I was Team Edward. And yeah, so I mean... You know she's going to end up with Edward. Like, it's just a universal thing. But, yeah, I guess I would say love triangles are, like, one of my biggest annoyances when it comes to to romance stories because I I can barely pay attention. Like, I, I can barely focus on one guy, let alone two. Like, that's just too much for my brain to comprehend. <laughs> There's a lot going up on in here. Too much for any one person to really comprehend. Um, so yeah, love triangles, my biggest annoyance when it comes to romance. Um, I find it amusing how the book world like took such a shift in the last decade to where like during the Twilight craze, love triangles were the thing. You wanted the love triangle. Oh, and yeah. now we're like, why choose between two dudes when oh, we could just have no. them all <laughs> i can't i can't do I, oh i just ugh, i don't like that also that's another one of makes is um no offense to anybody who reads them and like enjoys them because like you know you you do you boo but i don't i can't do why choose like ugh, i just no like it's just weird to me being with more than one person and then at the same time and it's like again i can barely pay attention to one guy let alone more than one you're just you're overloading my brain <laughs> all right so you're you're very monogamous yeah and yes. that's okay i actually i i guess and i guess this is for me it stems back to i started reading i guess it would be dark fantasy at this point but i started reading laurel k hamilton when i was like 15 16 and Laurel K. Hamilton, the author, she's actually uh, polyamorous herself. And so the series, uh, Anita Blake Vampire Hunter, didn't start out as a polyam series, but it became one as the series progressed. And I think we're at something like 30, 30 some odd books in this series. She's been writing it since the early 90s. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, sometimes I wanted to like headbutt a character through the pages or like, like, why are you with this person that does nothing? Like, but it was, for me, it was really kind of beautiful to see all of those different personalities interacting and, you know, engaging in a relationship with each other specifically. In the series, actually, there's two, the main character, Anita, ends up in a committed, like, relationship relationship, not one that is, like, magic forced, I guess is the best way to explain it, with two guys and, like, the the three of them just the the synergy between the three of them as a relationship was gorgeous i was like oh that's that's healthy as shit and i love it so much so i don't know i like i don't mind um multiple love interests so long yeah. as it's done right it has to be done right exactly i think that everyone everyone can have their own preferences um and i feel like often or not often but sometimes i see some people 
can be a little bit like judgy about if they like you don't like wide shoes or you're someone who doesn't and they like it and you don't understand that i feel like there can sometimes be judgment that people can pass on which i'm like not cool dude because we all have our own likes and dislikes and we should be able to you know have those as we see fit um so i always appreciate it when people can have those those like conversations be like i don't really like this kind of 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 storyline or plot device whereas someone else can be like well i really like that but it's okay that you don't like that so i think it's really important to have those conversations because not everyone's gonna like the same things like everyone has different preferences about everything so for instance i find dinosaur smut fascinating and funny and y'all are like please stop rebecca please Oh goodness. I listen, I am fascinated. I just haven't gotten around to reading it. It's not that I'm not fascinated. It's just when you send a screenshot in Discord without warning us about a dinosaur doing some stuff at a wet hot Allosaurus summer. It's like you're trying to give me nightmares. When we're unprepared, yeah, we're going to be a little like, what? (laughs) Being prepared for it ruins the element of the clip. I have some people on Discord that all I have to do is type out, hear me out. And they're like, oh, Lord, what now? Okay, you don't even give us that, Becca. You'll just be like, there's a screenshot. And I'll be like, oh, I got a Discord message while I'm in a meeting at work. And it's a Kindle screenshot of you reading something smutty or some smutty fan art that you found that I now have to like hide my phone so that my boss doesn't see blue alien penis on my phone. Get a screen. I have a screen protector to where you have to be directly in front of my screen. If you're standing to my side or something, you can't see my screen. It's the only way I get away with doing a lot of the crap I do in public. But yeah. And that is payback. All those random screenshots from my monster adventures is payback for what you did to me with squeak okay fair hey but we i will. haven't done anything wrong don't, we don't will punish talk me <laughs> oh goodness don't punish me for for someone else's re- actions I apparently cannot think or speak today oh yeah no i have to like that is why anytime i open discord especially if i'm sitting in the car with one of my parents driving it is very like shielded because i don't want my parents seeing that <laughs> oh goodness you you send us in so many adventures becca it is i do love your rex and i will say i will get to them and we will talk about squeak i promise we have we 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 have a whole episode for those who are curious squeak is a shifter romance that we're not going to talk about today because it's going to take way too long but we we do have an episode coming up this season where we talk about all things monster romance uh, specific, and uh, Squeak will probably feature heavily <laughs> in that episode. I'm gonna be traumatized. Great. That's all right. We're we're working you up to it, Mia. See, yeah. like Mia is not, and I think this is interesting when we're talking about bookings specifically because Mia doesn't do dark romance very often. Well, sometimes she reads. I I wouldn't even say dark romance. She reads like. Light morally, gray, morally gray, light gray romance. romance. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of in that like charcoal gray. 
romance section right now, and then like Becca's all the way at the bottom of the abyss. So I am black 2.0 when it comes to what I read. I'm like, what am I feeling and why am I feeling this? After reading Priest, I'm just like Oh, but Priest was so good. It was always amazing. It was beautiful. Like I I'm pretty sure I cried at some point during that book, but yeah, I'm just sitting there like what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was a good time. <laughs> All right. So we know, Becca, you are the queen of reading everything and anything. And there's not really a lot that ruffles your feathers or grinds your I don't your think gear. there's anything that ruffles my feathers. You have to have something. There has to be some ick. I mean, I have technically an I have technically an ick, but like it's not gonna stop me from reading something. Like I'm, I'm gonna read everything. Uh, my ick, technically, and I blame this just from the demi in me, is insta love. I, oh, I see yeah. insta love, and I'm like, mm, I don't think it works like that. I just, I can't do the insta love thing. Like I'm not gonna not read it, but when I come across it, it's like an eye roll. I'm like, you don't even know his name, but now like you're going to sacrifice your baby to him or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, and I, th- that's it. That's it. Exactly. I, when I read a book, ick, like it's not like when I talk about icks, there are things that just make me go like a little bit inside as I'm reading a book. It's not going to necessarily make me close the book or put the book down permanently. I think icks are different than like book boundaries, like things that'll make you put a book down. So I have no boundaries. I, I, I mean, read you do. like you do we i, I remember you sent us a boundary we'll talk about it in the monster <laughs> in the monster episode that wasn't even monster that was like a horror thriller like we can't talk about that on the internet i don't know how that book got out it's not even indie <laughs> an, agent, an agent had to take this book in there and tell people look this is why this is a good idea and we're not going to talk about the book. I'm just going to tell y'all it's Dead Inside by like Morrison. Mm-mm. Oh, Lord. Yeah, no. Yeah. If you don't read that book unless you like basically trauma porn, because unless that's you're what a that masochist is. and you like hurting yourself. But that's your oh. limit, Becca. That's your limit. We know that that's your limit now. See, it's like. I but i didn't stop reading. I kept reading because oh, I was God. like, it can't get more messed up than this. Why? And it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, I could have called that, but I guess if we're saying book boundaries, if a, if something is written like really cheesy or poorly and it's just like there's no flow to it, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm putting this book down and I'm not coming back to it. Because it's got to be written well, or at least decent. I can push past poor writing to a point. And I don't even want to say poor writing because that's not, I mean... It's a book ick for me when something is clearly not edited. Um, but I don't know. I can push past it to a certain extent. But there are some some indie books that I have. It's why it took me a really long time to get into indie reading specifically. Because I would read the sample on Kindle on Amazon to like know whether or not this was good. And I was like, what is what is this? This, this, there, this feels... It feels amateurist and i guess that's elitist of me maybe to say but when something is not well structured or edited then yeah it's definitely a book ick but going back to that insta love um 
I I 100% agree with you on that, Becca. I listened to an audiobook. I think it was called Naughty and Nice and the Nanny. And I can't remember who wrote it right now, but I listened to it. It was like a very short, like, you know, like three hour, four hour audiobook. Like it was a novella, Christmas novella. And it was so cringy. The like, that takes place over like a week. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you don't, you don't fall in love like that. That that's not how love happens. I, I, and you know what? I love Katie Roberts. Katie Roberts is a goddess, but a lot of her books have like that with the aroma of insta love. I know when I was reading uh, Electric Idol, I was like, there is no way that you went from like, I'm going, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read Electric Idol. Um, I'm going to unalive you because I have been, con- I've been given a contract to, to kill you to like, oh, we'll do a marriage of convenience to literally within a week, I actually love you and I would kill for you. Like to me, that just was like, I was like, okay, suspend, suspend belief, suspend belief. It's fantasy. <laughs> we can do this. But it was 100% to me. I was like, we're getting the faint aroma of insta love here. Same thing with the Dragon Bride. Again, that like, the idea of like, oh, I've been recently transported to this fantasy land through a bargain with a demon. Oh my God, I'm now the wife of a dragon. Like there's, it took place over what, like three weeks again, where we go from like, oh, I'm terrified to like, hey, you got two dicks. Like, <laughs> The one redeemable thing though about um, Electric Idol is it's not like, like they do know each other prior to everything that's happened. And like, because yeah, like spo- obviously spoilers for anyone who's not read this book, but like the fact that they know who each other are. Like, it's not like this is just a random stranger. And, you know, like, they've had, like, conversations that that was that was part of the redeemable aspect of Electric Idol because I am a simp for that book. Um, like, I, and I don't mind, you know, like, insta-love. If it's done in the right way and it's not unbelievable. Like, it's not like, who like, um, but that was the redeemable part of it for me was that they knew each other prior to, so they had some idea of, who the other was and he never wanted to kill her in the first place like he tried to even talk his mother out of it and she wouldn't listen so that was the I one guess that you can justify aspect. it that's why i said it was like more of like a an aroma like a whiff you're yeah. like yeah oh, i can smell the insta love in the air you know <laughs> right yeah well but. with I'll, I'll give the insta love a little leniency when it comes to hades and persephone retellings because like you know in traditional myth they kind of had an insta-love anyways. That's the way the story's been told forever. And I'll give a little leniency when it comes to the faded mate trope. Even though, like, not all the time faded mates are, like, insta-love. I like it when one of them's arguing about it. They're like, of all the people in the universe, you gave me that one. Why? Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I love I love, I love it when faded mates are, like, arguing with each other. It's like they, they're, like, enemies, but they're faded mates. And they're just, like what the universe like messed up that it, it got it wrong this is wasn't supposed to have it was supposed to be it's just it's something about that it just makes me laugh i don't know like I... you sent me a mate that can't read <laughs> rowan like we're rowan. rowan like we're gonna get married punch her in the face 
<laughs> okay, but in Rowan's defense, he did not know that she was his mate at the time. In yeah. Rowan's defense, I do believe yeah. in the centuries they lived after the end of Kingdom of Ash, he punched her in the face again at some point. Uh, he oh, he probably, probably played it out of doubt. He probably, probably played it like, I'm so it. sorry. I didn't mean to. But he was planning it. He planned it. I don't even think he would have apologized. He would have just been like, that's what you just, that's what you get after all the years I put up with you. <laughs> and like, you shouldn't have been in the way of my fist. <laughs> right? Exactly. Okay, here's a controversial ick that I have. I have one I'm going to save for later, but this is one that's another one that really bothers me. And that is the happy ever after and a baby, the pregnancy trope. I've mentioned mentioned it before, but I hate it so much when you get to the end of uh, a book, whether there's a romance, like whether there's a romance subplot or it's like an actual romance book and like, immediately it's like and we're having a baby like when that happened as soon as i saw it like frost the starlight i think is the one that came up the most recently for me in terms of like ugh. as soon as i saw it i like hurled my book i was like no 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 did i stop reading Aquawart? no i mean i read it but um or no sorry silver flames because star frost the starlight comes <laughs> after but i was so annoyed <laughs> <laughs> see that's funny because i read books pure sometimes purely because of the like pregnancy like that's the whole basis of the story sometimes <laughs> the only hall pass the pregnancy trope that is allowed is ice planet barbarians <laughs> yeah and that's what i mean if it's an intentional like if the the core central theme of the story is a breeding kink or having babies is central to the reason why the couple gets together in the first place. I have no problem with pregnancies in books. For me, what it comes to is when you see main characters that are like, they've just gotten together. You've been together maybe a year by the time the epilogue comes around. They're like one year later. And it's like, they're bouncing their baby on the knee. I'm like, y'all have been together 14 months, maybe. And you have like, how quickly did you get pre like ma'am get to know your partner first <laughs> oh no no i do understand that and um i will say yeah like i mean it's it's reasonable it's not like that and i do understand and i don't always appreciate when they're like oh like one year later you have a baby like what um but if it i read books purely sometimes because it is like that is the main storyline is like they only met they only like ended up together not not only ended up together but like that was part of the reason why they were together was because they like had a baby together unintentionally um i don't know that's yeah but me. that fits into that whole the the plot revolves around yeah. the pregnancy like there's a there's a reason for it if that's the intention of the plot i'm totally down for it it's mm -hmm. when it comes up at the very end with yeah. no alluding to it throughout the entire book and or the only allusion to children is like well i don't want to have kids yet i want to live my life and then yeah. i am i'm having babies it's like baby mama <laughs> no i understand that and i do agree because i feel like it's very it's kind of i wouldn't say ironic because i don't know if that's like the right word to describe it i feel like it's it's very like it's an oxymoron essentially it's like oh i'm gonna i want to live my life and travel the world and then like baby just doesn't add up with each other 
it's not consistent that's that's what it it's inconsistent inconsistent with the characterization that's it yeah exactly all right what other icks do you guys want to bring up put on the table well maybe not put on the table because it's kind of dirty but (laughs) i think one of my icks maybe and this is the one where it has to be in a situation that like kind of fits the storyline but infidelity or cheating that's a bit of an ache for me but like there are some stories i've written one of these stories where you get why they're doing it they're not just doing it because like they can but if it comes to a scenario where like i'm married to this dude but i just really want to take that one for a ride that that one's a bit of an ick oh yeah i completely mm -mm. Mm -mm. i think for me the cheating or like stepping out of a relationship it really comes down to the talent of the writer in how they execute it because um you can have sex outside of a relationship and have it not be cheating if the author does a good job of like creating that jennifer l armentrout did not with the joining in my personal opinion that was well, we're not going to get into that because that's going to take up the rest of this episode and I don't want to waste our time. But going back to the series I mentioned earlier, like Anita Blake, as part of the plot system, the, the magic system, I should say, in that series, vampires leave can leave what's called like a magical mark on a human that they feed from. And when they have multiple marks, like three marks, they're basically like the vampire's human servant. Now the main character ends up with one of these like three marks, but then she also ends up with three marks from a a wolf shifter and it creates this like weird magical kind of like, they call it a triumvirate. I'm sure I'm not saying it right. Um, And she needs to feed off sex um, energetically in order to like survive. So there's only so much sex she can have (laughs) with the two guys. And so like their partner pool expands. And so like she does have sex outside of the relationship and she does have genuine feelings for these individuals, but she's not in relationships with them. Does that make sense? And so while there is the polyam aspect, there is, I guess, some people that would be really staunch believers in that this is cheating, regardless of the circumstance, it would count. But I don't know, Laurel K. Hamilton does just a really good job of the execution aspect of it. That being said, I just, I finished listening to the audiobook version of The Words by Ashley Jade, which does have cheating in it, full-blown cheating, or the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The guise of cheating having occurred. And it was just gross. Like, it was gross. I really... I don't want to say I didn't enjoy the book. I enjoyed the first half of the book and there were moments in the book that I enjoyed, but as a whole, it was really uncomfortable read for me, like really toxic, really kind of just gave me a lot of like, and the cheating was one aspect of that. Something else that's come to mind for X bully romances. Like, Oh, we love the bully romance. There are certain certain types of bully romances that I'm just like, no, I want to smack you in the face, like shut your mouth, kind of thing. Um, because it's just I feel like it's 
it's just overdone sometimes like some of the the elements they're using the story um like if the the main character is a you know badass female who can stick up for herself and does and doesn't take the bully like the bullying then then yeah okay like we like this but when it's just constant like high school bully romances no oh i can't do that i just like i just i've like i'll read them but at the same time i'll get pissed off at them i don't know if it's more an ick rather than just like a this makes me want to rage um i don't know like i feel like it's just it's annoying it yeah it can be annoying and the two bully romances series that i've read that come to mind there's some really deep stuff in there that I'm like, wow, you went there. But at the same time, like, their bullying toughens her up to the point where she's like, all right, so now I know how to play this game. So she starts playing it back on them. So they have a moment of like, wait yeah. a second, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. But- yeah. Maybe it's just like, for me, that it's just like, personally, like, can be like, certain elements can be a little triggering or like, kind of send me back to like, my days of being bullied. But it has to be done very gracefully in order for it to be seen as like, uh, okay, like this was a well done bully romance that wasn't entirely focusing on the bullying. And like when it, that's the central plot, when the whole idea of, of the book is that, Oh, like the story is simply just about the fact that she's, you know, this high schooler who's made fun of all the time. Like then that just pisses me off. I don't like that. So, so you mean Zodiac Academy one through whatever. (laughs) Basically. See, I haven't read Zodiac Academy, but one of the bully romances I was thinking of was The Brutal Boys of Everlake, which is written by the same authors. Yeah, they have a thing for the bully romance, and I just, I don't, that level I don't get. And here's the thing. I thought The Cruel Prince was a bully romance. People say it's a bully romance. But when I compare the way that Carden behaves with his little posse of, of fey friends in The Cruel Prince... Versus the way that the Twisted Sisters wrote the first Zodiac Academy book, I am like, they are not on the same level. Like, I think, and I've heard it's... people argue against the, um, they're like, the Crow Prince is not a bully romance. And they have like a, some, I think someone on TikTok did this whole friggin' like, seen like verbal essay on why it's not a bully romance. And I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I think I think the Cruel Prince is like the YA version of bully romance, whereas these other ones are like you know the full hardcore adult type bully romances. I could see Cruel Prince being a bully romance, but at the same time, if you've read how the King of Elfheim learned to hate stories, it makes Cardin's behavior make more sense. He was trained from a child to think that these mean things he was doing was actually a way of showing love, which makes him more exactly. endearing to me. Even though exactly. I don't really like the series. Now, there is an it yeah. that I just thought of that won't stop me from reading a book, but will really slow me down because I just, I can't go there oh, due to my I own past history. Mean. And that is teacher students. Oh, yeah, no. I can't. Oh, that's disgusting. Like, As I a former to... teacher, I, I can't used... go there. See, they used to be something where I'm like, oh, like it's like forbidden, like tantalizing, whatever. Now I look at it and I'm just like, oh, like this is, oh. Now, again, that's not to say that um, 
I just want to clarify for anyone that's listening that maybe likes this genre. That's not to say that you shouldn't read what you like. If you like teacher student romance, cool. That's not like read what you like. We're not here to shame you or judge you. This is just, this is stuff that we find a little, not something that we would necessarily read. And I guess for me, because immediately when I think teacher student, I think of really inappropriate um, underage relationships. But I do know that there is like a subsection of like teacher student relationships that are like, you know, professor, college student, which still a little icky, but they're two consenting adults. I know that there's a power dynamic and that all factors in, in terms of like, you know, what happens. But I think for me, the, the, the clear definition has to be like, if it's a 17 year old and a 29 year old teacher, and it's like, they're maybe not, maybe, maybe not, maybe not, not for me, not for me. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I'm very like, I have very out there reactions sometimes. Um, so it's nothing against people personally. I just, there are certain things I cannot do. Um, but yeah, like, I think because there's a whole aspect of like power imbalance. And I know that like, it's a very fine line because there's been a lot of talk on TikTok about um, even some like real life situations where it's just like there are some guys that will only specifically date younger girls which is a whole thing in itself but i think that sometimes it's just about finding a healthier power dynamic rather than like one person being having more authority and power because like when you're a professor you literally have authority you like you you mark their assignments and whatnot um but it's just like finding the right kind of power dynamic like maybe if they aren't their professor but they are a professor they're and they're younger like there's there's nuance there's nuance yeah i think we can all agree there's nuance there's degrees to each of these icks we've talked about like there's degrees some things where it's like hey there's a little sprinkling i ain't gonna be too mad but then there's things where it's like credence where we're all just gonna be like "Mm, this is not for me this book was not written for me at all so yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure in some cases there are actually like legitimately rules in place where you cannot date your student because it's like, like it's you illegal. will get fired. It is illegal. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But that's part of the fun too, I think, at dark romance. And so I don't want to shit too hard on like dark romance icks because a lot of the stuff that we've mentioned has are are stuff that often comes up in dark romance, and that's a lot of people use dark romance as like coping mechanisms or ways to help heal their own trauma. So, um. I mean, if yeah, I'm not, I'm not against, I'm not against the actual thing itself in books. It's just not Mm -hmm. something that I, as a reader, enjoy in the books that I read. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a hard thing, but I'm going to give you guys one final ick and you might not have gotten to this point, Becca, but it is a Crescent City ick. And I don't know if you know about this. Is it the foot thing? It is the foot thing. Yes. Okay. So, (laughs) Athalar's foot fetish. Ick or not an ick? It is an ick for me. I don't. I don't find it too bad of an ick. I mean, people got their things. So, I mean, it's not ick. I didn't expect it. I thought it was hilarious. It was was like a Brendan situation. Be like, damn, I didn't think you were gonna be that way, Hunt. Uh, But it's not really an ick for me. I just found it amusing. I had to reread it because I realized that as I was reading, my brain just kind of like whooped over the like the kind of the part when it, it's occurring. 
and and everyone's like this like foot fetish i'm like what are what's everyone talking about so i go back to what they were referring to and i'm like how did my brain just like not see that because you were powering through the book to get to the end because we all wanted to know how it ended because right? the way it ends is amazing but I guess yeah, for me, it's not even so much like, I don't care, like, like feed, that's cool. Um, I don't give away feed pics for free. Um, but it's like, it was, it was the act, if I'm not mistaken, he like, and I trigger warning to anyone who has issues with this. It's like where he puts her like, he like licks her toe, or something like that, or like nuzzles her foot. I can't remember exactly what happens. I'd have to like go through the book. But like, I think when I came upon that, I was literally like, for me, it's like the physical picture of that made my stomach turn where i was like well i hmm. i don't even let my dog i hate it when my dog licks my foot so like a human is just like no i can literally like feel it (laughs) on my own foot that's how that's how like sensory it was for me which is why i think it was it's well, a, it was a big foot is such me. a sensitive I, mean, I, don't, I know for myself i don't know if anyone else experiences this as well but my feet are so sensitive as well to like any little thing that like i will have a literal like unintentional involuntary just like spasm of the foot where it's like like don't touch my foot with your tongue no now that we're talking about feet all i can think about is relating hunts foot fetish to that scene in house of dragon oh no <laughs> now that now that now that we're talking about it the random thought occurred to me oh. be like uh i could see hunt doing that and my thing is like would he do it with bryce's knowledge or behind her back <laughs> he would do it to save her i think without her knowledge he would be like okay you can take pictures of my feet you can do things with my feet if it'll save bryce oh goodness <laughs> We really went there, didn't we? Oh, we did. We went there. So, yeah. No, we went there. Hunt, feed things. Little, not for me. We'll call it the not for me. It's like if you got, if anyone, other people have fetishes with this sort of thing, that you do you, boo. That's fine. Like, your cup of tea. Not mine. (laughs) Tail fetishes. Okay. Tails. I like, I like tails, though. It's like an extra hand, okay? We've done an episode of Book X. We need to do an episode of, like, our favorite book things. Yeah. We'll try it. We'll figure out where we're going to squeeze that in. But I think that's what we're going to wrap for today. We're going to wrap up talking about Hunt's foot thing in Crescent City and how that was an unexpected surprise and or uh, horror dream for most of us. And uh, I think that's where we'll leave it for today. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Next week, anyone that's listening, uh, next week we're going to be talking um, Black History Month because it is February. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite authors of color and um, see what uh, recommendations we can come up with for you. And hopefully uh, you guys will stick around for that. So have a great weekend, great week, great life. and uh, Don't stick your toes in anyone's mouth. Yeah. Want more from the bookish bitches? Follow us on TikTok at Drinking Ink Pod Official for updates regarding our newest episodes, releases, and behind the scenes chaos, or send us an email at drinkinginkpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all streaming platforms like Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also follow our hosts on their personal accounts located in the show notes, along with recommended reading lists and all the books we mentioned in today's episode. Stay thirsty, friends.